Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, all my fellow Joshi Wrestling fans. I am your host, Dylan Murray. With me, as always, is Alex Richards, and welcome to Victory 3 of Guts, episode 13. Lucky number 13. I believe it's 13. I hope it's 13. Um, Alex, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Alex, uh, as you all know. Joshi fan. Uh, I'm here to uh, basically talk up Monster Ripper for this entire episode, so get ready. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there because uh, this is our first look at Monster Ripper on our timeline and two matches of hers to talk about. One against Aja Kong, one against Bull Nakano. Both of them really dope. We'll get into that in a second. And, you know, we have two shows to watch here. Um, one of them is St. Battle Day Part 2 in Corican Hall. Um, and one of them is the Odeward Show. Do you have the name for the Odeward Show? I do not. I know it was a okay. really long, complicated name. Then let's just call it the Oda Ward Show. Um, so we have both of those to watch. One of them is from AJW Classics, the Corican. We only have two matches to watch. Both of them are pretty fun, but that's all. And then the Oda Ward Show, we found a, a full a full DVD, like, you know, tape or not DVD, a full tape render. I'm really fucking this up, as I always do. So, you know, <laughs> bear with me. But we, we found a full length thing of that. It was three hours. Lot to watch. Lots to talk about. So um, we'll get to, into that second. But first, uh, let's get into St. Battle's Day. Why don't we, huh? So the first match on this show that we got to watch was Monster Ripper versus Aja Kong. I imagine you probably have more to say about this one than I do, even though I do have a decent amount to say about it. Um, how, how did you feel about this one? I know you're a big fan of both of these wrestlers. Yeah, this is one of my favorite uh, matches that I've seen in uh, AJW. And it's it's probably a weird one to have, but it's just like there's nothing better than two behemoths just absolutely knocking blocks out of each other. Like they just beat each other up there's a point where monster ripper like smacks kong over the head with a table like she just picks up a table and smacks her in the head with it and i'm like this is the greatest match in history um like it's just you know the the, the aura of monster ripper is so strong given that she was you know a former 3wa world champion and, and not a lot of people can say that and somebody who you know beat jackie sato for the belt um, and, you know, her coming back and facing this new generation of monsters that are kind of almost fashioned after her. It's so cool. And obviously, Aja Kong, by this point, has really embraced her monstrous side, and she really has an aura to her now. And so those two just colliding in such a brutal battle is just one of the most fun matches in, that I've seen in AJW. And it's definitely one of my favorites. Yeah, I honestly think that Monster Ripper is like the perfect uh, Joshi like Gaijin heel, um, basically ever, because she is so insanely good at just being this brute. Like, um, I remember later in the Bonacan match, I sort of started thinking about it. It's like, I think she's just like Aja Kong on steroids at this point. You know what I mean? Where it's like she she's similar to the way that Aja Kong, like the similar energy that she brings to the match, but monster ripper at this point is so just like vastly like just more insane aja kong eventually gets to being insane insane but i i feel like monster ripper is just fucking aja kong on fucking drugs like going insane on aja kong in this match and yeah i really enjoyed it monster ripper was in the driver's seat for the most part but i think kong was definitely coming away from this match looking like a million bucks crowd loved aja kong probably the first time i ever heard the crowd so behind Aja Kong outside maybe against like Medusa but you know that's Medusa um yeah this match was really really good um 
I don't even know what to say about it. It was just a fucking hoss fight. Um, one of my favorite spots was when <laughs> Ripper took the took the bin and just started hitting Kong in the head with it like seventeen times, and Kong just stood there, and she was like, "Yeah, hit me more, hit me more." And then she like stood there for a second. Monster Ripper just looked at her, hit her one more time, and Kong just collapsed. It was fucking. Mm-hmm. It was it was funny in a way, but it was also so like intense because she was just not going down at all. And um, the the finish was a bit weird though. I mean, the finish um, kind of played into what both were doing, because, I mean, there was no way a match like this could have uh, a finish. Uh, obviously, you you know, you want to protect Ripper to some degree, and Kong is in the midst of a push. So, I mean, the match kind of ending, because both of them are just murdering anything in sight with weapons, is is the coolest way to finish. Yeah, and I, I think it is a, a interesting layer to it, because it's like, these two wrestlers are willing to murder each other, like commit actual homicide on each other to win a match and as a result neither of them got to win the match and they were both very upset about it i thought that was sort of like a little interesting element to it made kong again looking like a million bucks fucking ripper looks insane she looks like the biggest heel the biggest bad guy of all time and it really um led into her match with bonacano that we'll talk about a little bit later um, do you have any more comments about that match? I know that you probably want to sit here and gawk about it for as long as you possibly can. So I'm gonna let you if you have any. Um, no, I should probably uh, not hold us up for too long. But yeah, just um, I'm glad that you've uh, immediately fallen in love with Monster Ripper because she's she's so cool. Uh, it's 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 so sad. I read the other day in uh, Rossi's blog that she was um. She's meant to go back to Japan to do like retirement matches or something, but she ended up passing away before she could, and it made me very sad. <laughs> yeah, that that sucks. Because again, she absolutely insane. Um, so good, so good, so good. And we will talk about how good she is a little bit later on in one of my favorite matches. But first, we must go to a Bolnakano match against Spice and Kimura. Um, I thought this was a three WA title match, but it wasn't. Um, it was just a, sort of like a grudge fight, and um. It was fine. I sort of expected a bit more, but it was it was more just like a, you know, a means to an end to make both of them look the way they're supposed to. Would you agree with me on that sentiment? Yeah, it was it was mostly a storytelling match. Like it was to continue the the bull jungle jack thing and also get them to to the award show without either of them really, you know, looking too bad. Yeah, and I, I appreciated Bison Kamara's output in this one. It felt like a Bolnakano title defense, even if she wasn't in title, where her opponent will try a million different things to try to, like, outdo Bolnakano, but they never really can, right? Where it's like, Minami Toyota used her speed trying to outdo her and never really could. Akira Hokuto tried to just, like, use her fighting spirit, never really could. Bison, she went from, you know, trying to brutalize her and it didn't work. She went to submission-based stuff, it didn't work. She went to high flying for a little bit, didn't work. She's like really kept trying and trying and trying a bunch of different things, and it just never really came to fruition. Um, Bonacano pretty much like dominated this match, especially near the end. She just started fucking this shit off, and um, eventually took the dub with a modified leg trap backdrop driver. That's a mouthful to say, but that's what I'm calling it. It was a cool little thing where like she like trapped the leg in a weird way, but like it was sort of like a it wasn't a pump handle, but it was sort of like pump. Ha- I don't know. It's hard to describe, but it looked pretty cool. It was a backdrop driver. Of course, it looked cool. Um, this was a fine match. Not really noteworthy, other than the fact that this was, you know, one of the first times that they had a singles match against each other. You know, 
could have been better. I might have expected a bit better, but it was a means to an end um, in every sense of the term. What was important about this was the aftermath. Would you like to talk about that, Alex? Um, yeah, so after the match, uh, Monster Ripper still clearly uh, on the warpath attacks Nakano and uh, seemingly sets up a, a match uh, about a week later for Oda Ward. Yeah, it was it was pretty just like out of nowhere because Bull won the match and you hear the crowd starting to go kind of crazy. And then Monster River just comes and steamrolls her out of nowhere. It was pretty dope. Um, I, I love those kinds of things where it's like the heel just comes in. And it's like, I'm going to simply hurt you just the second that your match is over. Um, I really like that. And it was a good setup for the main event of Oda Ward, which we will get into in a minute. I feel like Monster Ripper, again, I don't know how many times I'm going to reiterate it, one of the best like Gaijin heels in wrestling. And I've only watched a few of her matches and I already got that. Because it's like, she's just so insanely good. She's like Vader, but not an asshole. Um, I hope. Um, but <laughs> she she's just so good at what she does that it's just incredible and you know going into this i was a bit like oh so she just sort of shows up and you know gets a title match immediately but after watching her versus Aja kong definitely reassured me of how good monster ripper was was this show it really made me feel like oh yeah she definitely should be in the main event of oda ward and speaking of oda ward i think that we should get right into that and um, before you do i want to talk a bit more about this corkin show um obviously we didn't get to, to watch the whole show, but uh, the the card was interesting in that um, a lot of the matches built the things that we would see at the Oda Ward show. Um, Mika Takahashi and uh, Miura Kamiya teamed up in one of the earlier matches, and obviously they were a team uh, on the Oda Ward show. Uh, we saw Yumika Hoda wrestle Toshio Yamada on the undercard of this, and obviously they were paired on different sides of a tag match at, o- at Oda Ward. And we also saw Reno and Cynthia Marino win the uh, AJW Tag Team titles, and uh, Esther obviously challenges for the 3WA belts then at, um, at the Oda Ward, so she goes into that trying to be a double champion, which is an interesting wrinkle. Yeah, um, I was not aware that the Yumiko Hoda versus Shiyamata match that show. That's sort of upsetting. I was really looking forward to seeing that singles match, but didn't be able to. Um, and now I am sad. That match well, I mean, sounds... you could buy the DVD. It's it's like six dollars. Uh, it's maybe I'll, I'll actually think about it because that's a that sounds like a fun ass match. But yeah. thank you for for some of that background. It does very much help the story of the Oda Ward show because it is a long show and it has a lot of interwining short stories. The first match, um, I have like two of the names of this match, and really that's all you really need to know because it's mainly a rookies match. It's Team Kyo Ito against Team Tomoko Watanabe. Would you like to say the names, or because yeah. like I, I don't really have much to say about it, but just Fair. to um, give them some context. So the the team is uh, Mayumi Yamamoto, uh, Kazue Saito, and Kyoru Ito against Tomoko Watanabe, uh, Hiraswin Sonetime, and uh, Bon Tepu Son Son Tatum. Maybe I shouldn't. Have um, <laughs> it's see the <laughs> yeah see it's difficult because the as far as I know the son son Titum, uh people uh are sisters from Thailand and they just like never ever popped back up again like I I've n- I had no luck finding any information about them so it seems like they just had a really short run and then disappeared um and then Yamamoto and Saito 
they retired, as far as I know, within a year. Um, so the only people that really mattered here were, were Ito and Watanabe. And, but yeah, I, I did butcher the, uh, the Thai people's names, unfortunately. Yeah, that's on Alex. No. I, I fucked you up a lot. Them any better? No, I, I didn't even know their names. But, um, it, you know. But yeah, th- this match was not, there wasn't much to it. Uh, Kira Ito and Tomoko Watanabe eventually become like, you know, super tag team. They're Zaps. I don't know if you guys know. Ask. But, you know, that that's a fun little thing. Fun little story that's like, oh yeah, these two are two years into their careers and they're in this like little tag team match. And eventually they became the fucking murderers of AJW, which is sort of fun, but you know, the match wasn't really any desired. Um, I sort of just like sort of watched in the background, if anything. Not a lot of substance, but you know, Watanabe got the win over Kira Ito's team. I forget who she pinned. I, I'm sorry. I this match, like, this match was like when I first started it, and it was a three hour show, so I was just like, okay. I am ready for this, and I was, like, psyching myself up to watch the show while this match was going on, so I didn't really take any notes or point down anything. I don't know if you did. That That's my um, No, like, it was difficult because they there was no, like, singular introduction, so you couldn't even, like, take a note of which one was which while they were getting introduced. It was, like, you just plonked in, they said all the names, and they went. So unless you, like, knew who they were, there was no way you were going to keep track of it. So I definitely, uh, I, I don't blame you. I did kind of know who Watanabe and Ito were because obviously they stood out, you know, talent-wise yeah. from the rest. And so they stood out, obviously. But yeah, the rest of them were just kind of, they were just kind of there and you weren't introduced to them. And as far as I know, their gear didn't tell who they were. So it was hard to kind of keep track. Yeah, so this was a, I don't want to say throwaway, but there like wasn't much to even record about it. Uh, Tanabe got the win, and then afterwards she like talked up the the two sisters from Thailand, and uh, we never see them again. Because I don't think we do. Kind of sus, but it is what it is. Um, <laughs> the next match is a tag team match between Mika Takahashi and Mura Kamea versus not LCO, Suko Mita and Mima Shimoda. Um, Mika and Miori are now officially billed as members of Jungle Jack, which is sort of interesting. Um, because you, you heard in the commentary and in the interview that's like, oh, yeah, like, again, preface, I don't know Japanese, but it sounded like they were like, oh, yeah, so as members of Jungle Jack, what are you going to do? You know, like, so they're really playing into that. They're both officially members of Jungle Jack, even though they aren't the most notable members of Jungle Jack. And I believe neither of them really stay around in Jungle Jack for longer than the rest of the year. Um, maybe Kamea stays around, but I don't think so. Uh, and then, like you said, Mita and Shimoda had just lost the tag team championships on the 21st. So they're, you know, trying to get a win back. They're rocking some new dope entrance gear, but um, it was all for naught, right, Alex? Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm always a big proponent for, for Takahashi and Kamea. I, I really like both of them. Obviously, uh, Takahashi retires by the year end, which is very disappointing. And uh, Kamea disappears before popping back up as Kuga in uh, in JD. Um, but yeah, like this match was really, really good, and it was, it was interesting to see some of the undercard stuff because I feel like the AJW tag titles become such a highlight of the company uh, in this period of time. Like it's one of my favorite divisions uh, around this time in the company because there's just a few really good tag teams wrestling a style that isn't being done in the main event, 
I think this match was a real, really good representation of that. So it was really cool to see two undercard tag teams scrimmaging for a position in the tag division. Um, and obviously, you know, seeing the the champions who just lost their titles uh, try and get back into the picture. Um, but they're they're up against the Jungle Jack team there who stopped them in their tracks. Yeah, um, a big, big point of interest for me was Mika Takahashi. She did a lot of just like really dope acrobatics, which... You know, in comparison to her last match that we saw as a member of Jungle Jack alongside um, Bison Kimura, where she was just trying to beat the shit out of Bonacano and failing, uh, this was a really, like, good and awesome change of pace. Uh, I think that she's great regardless. I think Mika Takashi's one of those wrestlers that if she stayed around for a bit longer, she probably would go down in history as one of the, like, highlights of the maybe lower card of AJW throughout the Supercard era. Um, but that, of course, didn't unfortunately. In this match, she did great. She did a bunch of bulldogs. She did a bunch of, you know, cool, cool acrobatic shit. And she ended up winning the match after only six minutes with a Steiner bulldog and a Northern Light suplex on Shimoda to get the win. Again, really solid match. It was a bit short. Again, six minutes. Uh, not a lot to get going. But then again, you want a short match like this a on a loaded card like this. Can't really complain about it. Yeah, no, for like a second on the card, you know, it did its job. Um, you know, showcased four talents and was an entertaining match that got the crowd hyped and, you know, just didn't go over. That's all you could ask for, really. Yeah, I agree. But the next match. Oh, God. It was a lot. It was a lot, man. Um, <sighs> it was a 3WA martial arts championship match between Bat Yoshinaga and Kemi Teresa. Uh... This is a rematch from, I think, November, I no, yeah, it was July of 1990, um, where Akemi got murdered in the first round and started crying, and it was very sad. Uh, this match did not end in the like. I, I will say this, Akemi did a lot better in this match, but her doing better sort of made it worse, because um, it was six rounds of her getting bludgeoned over and over again and the ref just didn't stop it like i thought that the ref was going to stop it by like round three but he just didn't and it just kept going and it was a half hour of her just getting bludgeoned by bet yoshinaga who was wearing karate pants and a bone account t-shirt so she was you know she was in the zone um i want that bone account t-shirt it looks pretty dope that's besides the point this match was rough it was rough to get through even i started fast forwarding at points because i was just like this is a lot and like this is a long time. This is a long, long fight, and it's a lot to go through. And I just, I don't know about this. So, um, yeah, I know you are even less ecstatic about martial arts fights in general, let alone this one. So, how, how did you feel about it? Um, yeah, this got uncomfortable at a certain point, and um, honestly, I fast forwarded it because I just, it's just not fun. Like, I can understand the spectacle of these matches when they're good. But, like, just seeing this, you know, gassed girl who can no longer throw solid punches get beat up for six rounds, it got uncomfortable at a certain point, and I just couldn't handle it anymore. And I don't know, like, what the crowd's thoughts on these were, but, like, I have to imagine that if you're at a show and you've just seen this really fun tag match and then you see this girl get bludgeoned for 30 minutes, that you're just going to be a bit thrown off, right? Like, I just... I don't know, man. I didn't like it. Uh, the whole division sucks. It's just bat being fed, undertrained people. 
and uh, I don't I don't get it. I don't understand the appeal or, or why they'd even think to do it. And this is a good per you know this is a good example of why this division is so bad because you know if Teresu was any good it would have been fine I guess but it's just bat beating up somebody who's clearly not trained enough in this style and it's just uncomfortable see yeah bat versus like Kiro Ito and I, I, mean, I talk about very frequently that her versus Kiro Ito is a pretty fun match to watch Um, like their you know martial arts fights that's pretty much it other than that most of the time it is pretty sad to watch because it's just somebody out of somebody else typically bat beating the shit out of somebody else and it's it's rough to watch sometimes like in this but i still like the spectacle when it's good um and sometimes it is really good so you know i'm not as like gung-ho on how terrible it is as you are but this was really um and akemi really just didn't have the skills to even like survive she did she survived the full six rounds but it wasn't it wasn't good. It wasn't good to watch. Um, every round, she went to a corner looking completely, like, bludgeoned. And then somehow they would, like, fix her face in 30 seconds. And she would be not bloody at all. Then she'd get punched once, and it would just all come back out. That'd be, I was like, she's losing pints of blood. I think that they should probably stop it. They didn't. Um, it went the full six. And then Bat won via decision. Because, of course, she did. I would not suggest going out of your way to watch this unless you want to see a woman fucked up very very bad very very bad which i i mean like some people like that but it's it's not a fun getting fucked up it's just like a it's it's a lot kind of sad so uh, i'm 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 bringing in my my (laughs) i'm bringing in my my owen voice where it's like i get very solid (laughs) but yeah so um that was a lot and then after that we just got right back into fun tag team action didn't we alex (laughs) Oh yeah, we gotta get in the luchadors and and Yumika Hoda and Debbie Malenko. Good shit, man. Yeah, this was um this is the first of three matches on this card to include foreign wrestlers, which was sort of big just this month um of of the year where it's like yeah they would some of them would stay around. Debbie Malenko would obviously stay around for a while. Uh, the Marino sisters stay around here and there for a while, but um this match is really like the first inclusion of like a ton of foreigners. Uh, so this match was to to run it down. Mika Hoda, Debbie Malenko, and Cynthia Moreno versus Toshiya Yamada, Mariki Yoshida, and Saki Hasegawa. Um, like I said, uh, two out of four, I can't, two out of six of these wrestlers were foreigners. So, um, you know, there and there wasn't a lot of miscommunication, which usually when there's a new foreigner coming in like Debbie Malenko, you expect there to be a bit more miscommunication in these sort of, sorts of matches. But it was pretty solid, and um, I enjoyed it for what it was. Yeah, I mean, as far as uh, as undercard tags go, it was really fun. Um, I think they carried it with the uh, the kind of through line of Hoda and uh, Yamada kind of continuing their grudge. I think the crowd being super hot for them really added to the match because, you know, everybody else would come in and they'd do their fun spots. And obviously, you know, they aren't the talents they'd become. You know, Hasegawa here wasn't as good as Hasegawa would be in, you know, during the Super Show era. And then same with Yoshida. But you know, they would come in and do fun stuff and then the crowd would like lose their shit for Hoda or Yamada doing something. And it just, it really makes for a fun match when the crowd is into it that much. And uh, the fact they continued, you know, the, the feud between Hoda and Yamada particularly is uh, is good to me because, you know, gotta love Yamada and Hoda trying to kick each other in the face. 
Yeah, Hoda was really over in this match, and obviously you love to see it because Yumiko Hoda is Yumiko Hoda. Um, and the the feud between the two of them were was really over. They didn't really let each other let them like get at each other very much, which was sort of an interesting like development where it's like they would get in the ring and then they would like kick each other a little bit for like ten seconds, then the, like one of them would tag out, and that was like what you got from the feud. Um, and then you know a couple minutes later, it's like oh Yum- Yamada just like jumped at her. Um, at the corner and you know it was it was very much like they didn't really give the feud a lot of time but the little intervals that you saw of it was absolutely wonderful and it was a really good way to continue building this feud um outside of that mariko yoshida did really good i would say um it was pretty much just and cynthia moreno also did very very good they were just sort of like doing a bunch of good lucha things i would say a lot of fun little things um, the match ended pretty quickly with Mariko Yoshida getting a sunset flip flash pin over Cynthia Moreno, which sort of, not really, but kind of led into her hunting for the Japanese tag titles during the summer, um, alongside a, a wrestler we'll talk in just a moment. Yeah, this match was good. Not a lot to to talk about. After the match, everybody shakes hands, and then it comes to Yamada and Hoda, and they slap the shit out of each other and start fighting. Um, you love to see it obviously uh two of both of our favorite wrestlers in ajw so hopefully we could see them a lot more going forward and hopefully i will you know strangle up six dollars to watch that match the month prior uh <laughs> anything else to say about this one um yeah I, have we seen a bad luchador in, in ajw like these girls are always so good aren't they yeah they're great even the even i know that you didn't watch this but even the male luchadors in AJW have been killer. Like, Lucha Lucha injected into AJW is absolutely amazing anytime it happened, as far as I have seen. Cynthia Moreno and uh, Esther Moreno, who we'll talk about in a little bit, absolutely legendary. Uh, Esther Moreno specifically, I feel like, is one of the most underrated performers in wrestling. But we'll, we'll talk about that again in a minute. Um, fucking... Good lucha thing. I know it's a meme, but good lucha. <laughs> thing. Yeah, lucha is really like, uh, aside from Joshi, obviously, which is you know the 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 pinnacle of wrestling. Lucha is right there as uh, some of the best shit because they they always kick ass. Yeah, and I feel like lucha is very much one of those things that's like it's a separate entity entirely, where it's like sometimes it'll like you know cross over with something and it'll be like holy shit these guys like Phoenix right. Where it's like everybody knows Phoenix because of AEW, and but not a lot of people like go out of their way to watch like you know AAA or CMLL. CMLL is kind of trash. But that later, <laughs> um, but you know like nobody really like goes out of their way to search out you know lucha companies. But then they'll see somebody like Phoenix or Laredo Kid, and they'll just be like the greatest wrestlers of all time. And they'll be like Jesus Christ, what is like what is happening? Um, and then you know you look at somebody like Rey Mysterio, one of the most famous uh, luchadors and one of the most famous wrestlers of all time. Uh, yeah, Lucha really, when Lucha crosses over with something else, I think that it helps literally everybody involved because it is so good to watch Lucha mix styles with other other styles. Sort of butchered that. I always do. But I, I think it's, it, you're right that it's like one of those just types of wrestling that is just so insanely good that if you really dived into it and watched the best of the best that it has, you would never stop. It is so insanely uh, Cynthia Moreno showed it here. Esther Moreno so- showed it a little bit later on. Before we get to that, though, we must talk about Double and No Way, shall we? Well, hell yeah. 
So this was an AJW championship match between Kyoko Inoue and Takako Inoue. First time that the double Inoue pairing, who aren't a pairing yet, battled off against each other um, in a singles match. This was a very fun match. I know that you sometimes are critical of Kyoko Inoue at this point in time, and you absolutely love Takako Inoue. So how did you feel that each of them did in this? Um, I mean, it was it was one of those matches that they they did what they set out to achieve. You know, they they were working that knee. I, I don't know if the knee was like legit hurt or what, but they they did a lot of work on the knee and they uh, did a good job of getting Kyoko over. Because um, I mean, the crowd is into her, so credit to both of them for for not only delivering a good match but also getting the right person over with the crowd. Yeah, Takako did a great job of getting over for sure um i think takaka really showed how smart of a wrestler she was in this match because just certain like counters and the way that she like timed things and the way she flowed into things absolutely like wonderful you know certain sometimes you really can like just like sense that and see that in a wrestler and takaka is one of those people who just like the way that she moved and the way that her match was sort of formed absolutely insane um kyoko was super over at this point Takako would do like a bunch of moves and people would be like, yeah, Takako. And then Kyoko would hit one, like she'd just like feel her. Um, and then the crowd would go absolutely fucking ape shit. Like just a random move once in a while. Like she didn't really have to be very flashy for the crowd to get super invested and super hyped for her. And I thought that was a pretty big testament to how popular she was um, after she really, you know, took from Bonacano and she started, you know, teaming with as a part of Gokuman. Um, yeah, like I said, Takako, a very smart wrestler. She worked the leg, and she worked the leg well. Um, the finish was a bit abrupt, but I thought it was really interesting because Takako simply tapped Kyoko out with a knee bar, and she was just like, yeah, I'm going to hurt you. That's it. And then after the match, as you like to call her, she looked like a gremlin who was just kind of psychotic, who just stared at Kyoko as she got taken out and carried out with one leg like her fucking knee was fucked she stared at her as she left and then she looked around and she started jumping up in joy she's the champion i was like jesus christ that was a shift um but yeah i i, I really love takako um i'm really coming around to her obviously i've always liked her yeah i mean takako is lit um i think the i, w- I wanted to find out though like I th- i'm almost sure the finish was a shoot because i feel like the way it went down was so weird. Like, I, you know, Kyoko didn't really tap out. She was, like, telling the ref to call the bell. And then Takako looked so confused when the referee, like, pulled her off. So I'm not sure if this was the plan finish, and that's maybe why Takako was thrown off. But if not, then they all did a great job working me, because I legit thought that they had just, like, a good messed her knee up for real. Yeah, I I am not as much of a mark as you are. So I didn't think. <laughs> wow, wow, that was yeah, that was that was mean. Um, sorry. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't necessarily think that far into it, but it would make sense considering how abrupt it was of a finish and how Takako sort of just like let it go and she was like, oh, so- sorry, I guess, but I won, you know, like she was just sort of like, oh, I guess that happened. Um, so I, I definitely get what you mean. I just think it was because like Takako was like in the zone for the entire match then like she sort of was like oh so it's over and she started freaking out because she won uh but overall i did really enjoy this one it was a huge win for takako inoue uh she you know she she won her first singles championship 
AJW, and she she was around since '88, I believe. So it's good to see her with some gold. Um, and her winning ways continue for a while. Um, and yeah, her career is one of those that's just like so. She's just so good at all points. She just definitely brings a certain aura to all of her matches. Like I said, it was fun, if not particularly like super memorable, but the fact that it's Double Noe in their first singles match, the fact that Kyoko Noe got her knee fucked up, the fact that Takako won her first singles championship, I think that bring, gives it enough of a rub to make it noteworthy. Right? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like this is, um, we're really seeing a lot of the, the, the stars that would become, you know, obviously the major names of the rivalry era start to get their pushes now. And I think, you know, I was, this kind of kickstarts it for Takako because if I remember correctly, she goes on to be a big part of the, the AJW tag title division over the next year or two and really shows out there. Um, so, you know, seeing them here and obviously knowing where they go in the immediate future is kind of cool. And the 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 third tier title off of Kyoko um, and really putting some shine on Takako ahead of her getting a bit of a mini push. You know, it, it was, you know, as a podcasters looking back, it uh, definitely is a match of some note, even though I'm sure in real time it was just uh, it was just whatever. But, you know, to us, obviously, it has a bit more meaning. Yes, indeed. And speaking of matches that have a bit more meaning to us specifically, next match was an all-Pacific championship match. Suzuka Minami versus Akira Hokuto. The Marine Wolves finally explode. Alex, how did you like this um, I thought this was kind of boring, uh, to be quite honest. And I feel like Hokuto is in this weird rut at the moment where she's just having the same match. Like, I feel like this is so similar to the match that I saw her have with uh, Toyota, where it was just like her getting beat for most of it. And then she fires up at the end and the crowd loses their shit and they do a hot st- closing stretch. Um, But yeah, maybe that's just me being impatient. But I thought it was pretty boring with... No, I mean, it's mostly working over Hokuto. Yeah, I I don't disagree with you. Um, the the thing that was really keeping me was that it was like it felt like um, I was invested in the match on paper, so I let things slide a little bit more. If this was just a random ass match and these two had never really done anything ever before with each other, this would probably be pretty low down, I tearless so to speak. But because of the the amount of love and, you know, attention I've given the Marine Wolves over the past year, I really did enjoy this one, um, especially more so at parts than at others. Like, the beginning was really fun. I thought that it was very intense. It was really urgent, and it felt like they were really just, like, going at each other. Um, it started to break down to more submission-based and, like, a bit, you know, like, slower offense and whatnot. That sort of got a bit tedious after, like, 10 minutes of it um that, that's for sure and yeah i i enjoyed it but i definitely get what you mean do you want to elaborate a little bit more on aspects of it that you did enjoy um i mean i did enjoy obviously the the comeback from from okado i think she's better than almost anyone in the company at the moment at that like she just when she fires up the crowd is just there for it you know and and she does her closing stretch she's doing so many like really cool moves that uh you know, it's hard for the crowd not to pop a lot. And so, I mean, her mastery of trolling a crowd can't be denied. Um, and it's always, like, incredible to see her get such reactions. But um, yeah, outside of that, like, it just 
it wasn't my favorite, but I can definitely appreciate that. Like she is still pretty over and like what she did worked. Cause obviously when she did fire up after the getting worked over, the crowd was super into it. Yeah. And I also think that it does part of it does lie on Suzuka Minami, who was always a lot better of a tag wrestler than she was a singles wrestler. Honest. I think that she was one of the best tag wrestlers in that day, but her singles work was always leaving something to be desired. And that's no disrespect because being a tag, a great tag wrestler, uh, pretty much absolves you of any ill doings for me. Because I think, um, like you said, comeback was great, and the the finish was also great. Hokuto hit three missile drop kicks, and then she went up to the fourth corner and she hit a flying capo kick for finally hitting a Northern Lights bomb and winning the All Pacific title. Um, this was the first time that she won with the Northern Lights bomb, like won a a big time singles match. I remember she started using it in 1990 and she would just use it like in the middle of the match and it would get a two count. And I was very confused about why it was just simply like, oh yeah, I, I hit a North. I was like, well, that seems like it should matter a lot more, but okay. Um, and at this point it started mattering a bit more. She won a, a big time singles championship with it for the first time. Match was well done, if not a bit, you know, boring, a, a bit slow, so to speak. Like I said, I am very much invested in the Marine Wolf story, so I appreciate the story that they told with them sort of like going at each other with no regard for their, you know, long-time history as a tag team, with no regard to any of their past, and just going at each other, knowing exactly what the other person was doing, and having this smart urgency about it for certain parts of the match. Obviously, got slowed down. It was just sort of a bit much during the middle, but I think that the good parts are really good. Yeah, I could just be, you know, being sour grapes. Um, I would say, though, that um, the Northern Lights bomb is not yet the Northern Lights bomb still. Uh, I know she won with it, but the, the commentary still just was like, oh, she had a body slam. And I was like, all right, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that, see, it's so weird going back and watching things because it's like, oh, yeah, that's that. And it's like, well, no, not yet, guys. Like, like hold your horses. It's like, like, I'm so waiting for LCO to be just LCO. Because it feels so weird that they aren't like not like necessarily like as characters. Because it's like I get that yeah, it takes time to grow a character like that. But I feel like okay, so what do I call them? Because like I know that they're LCO, and like they're going to be LCO in like I don't know a year. But they're just oh, they're just Shimoda and Mita. That's it. Hold your horses, guys. Can I just just please? But <laughs> but that's a side's point. Yeah, Northern Lights bomb, absolutely killer. Um, or, as the commentary said, she hit a very big powerbomb. Um, <laughs> still cool. But yeah, I, I enjoyed this match more than you, but I definitely get what you're saying, that it, it was a bit... It left stuff to be desired. I, I think that's the best way to put it. Indeed. But the next match absolutely blew it out of the water. Possibly match of the night. Kind of hard when it goes up against the main event, but we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, this match was the 3WA World Tag Team Championship match. Jungle Jack, Manami Toyota. You texted me after you watched this saying, this was fucking amazing. Do you still think that this was indeed fucking amazing? Yes. Yeah, no, this, I'm not changing on this one. This is, if somebody were to ask me to show them a Manami Toyota match, this is obviously, he's uh, butchering this. Uh, this has jumped into like maybe top three or top five matches that I would show them. To, to showcase the skills of Manami Toyota. 
And uh, if anybody ever asked for an Esther Marino match, I would show them this too, because they were both incredible in this match. And uh, Jungle Jack was game, man. They're so good. Like they were, they were, you know, really good bases for, for the high spots that Toyota and Moreno were doing, but they were also really good on offense when they were controlling the match. And it's just, it's so good, but uh, we'll rewind, I guess, and go through it a bit. Yeah, so um, one little thing that I love is that anytime that they're in Oda Ward, it feels like Jungle Jack have, like, big, um, you know, entrance. Like, the last time in the match that shall not be named, uh, Aja Kong got carried out for camo, you know, clothes, and, like, getting carried by the fucking, I guess that was Gokumato at that point, getting carried by her seconds. And this was similar, where she was getting carried out while fucking um, Bison just came out looking all stuff. It was great. Great entrance, and then Esther Marino absolutely killed it in the beginning. I feel like her and Toyota, like you said, definitely, definitely one of the best performances I've seen from both of them um, in their careers. I feel like they meshed perfectly together. I kind of wish that they would tag a bit more um, over time, but I think this is probably one of the times they tagged on a big stage like this. It was really, really good. They meshed super well together, and I think Jungle Jack really really benefited from fighting somebody with that style where they could base for them. Like they can sort of bring out their, their brutality in the match and it worked very well because they were a lot smaller than they were. Um, so, you know, when, when they would hit them, it looked like it fucking hurt. But then when Toyota would do some random ass fucking crazy shit to Aja, Aja would sell it like a million bucks. And great. They really worked amazingly together. Very seamless match. Um, I thought that this was probably one of my favorite Jungle Jack matches up to this point, too. And um, it, I think the competition was against... The, the other one was against Marine Wolves, which was also really, really great. I think Jungle Jack, when they hit, they hit hard. It's so good. Some of their matches are leave a bit to be desired, but when they, when they do good things, they do amazing, to say the least. First fall was a, a pretty fun one. It was Toyota Moreno doing consecutive moonsaults to Vice Gamera and then eventually pinning her. And it was like, damn, they just did, they just fucking murked her with like, I don't know, was it three moonsaults or was it only? Because it felt like they just Two. kept doing it over and over again. <laughs> but yeah, I guess I'm just remembering things wrong. Uh, it was a really good fall and it really made Vice Gamera look like a badass because it's like she she had to be down for two moonsaults instead of one, which always looks pretty dope. And then after that, Jungle Jack really do you, do you want to take over for this part? Yeah, so I mean, uh, Jungle Jack really began, you know, having their way with their opponents here after this. Uh, at some point, Esther Moreno got bust open. Like, that's how hard they were beating her up. And honestly, the action was just back and forth at that point. Like, they just kept going, and it was a real battle for that second fall. Um, and there were some points even where I thought Moreno and, and Toyota would just clean sweep them to two and oh um that's how good both teams were but yeah this one it ramped up the intensity a little bit more you know with uh, obviously moreno getting busted open and both teams just really going at it um until bison ended up pinning moreno to to kind of get her win back and setting us up for a, a final fall yeah like you said the the near falls in this one were absolutely amazing um both at this point and a little bit later on Absolutely incredible. I think that's one of the things that Manami Toyota does best is really making you buy a pinfall, um, either whether she's pinning them or getting pinned. She's really good at that. Um, 
like you said, Moreno started juicing heavy. Like, so much blood was, like, she was completely covered in blood at one point. And then Bicycle Moreno ended up pinning her after hitting a shifting body splash from the top rope. Um, I know Paul used to call it the Goo Goo Gaga splash, where you just sort of shift your, like, shift your body, like, 180 and do just a normal body splash. It looks cool enough. So, you know, I, I can't complain. And she got her win back, uh, Esther Moreno, and set us up for an amazing third fall of action. Um, one little thing, one little critique, I would say, is that Aja Kong sometimes does really just, like, weird things in matches, especially when it comes to, like, doing outside stuff. You know what I mean? So at one point, 20 minutes into this match, she threw Minami Toyota outside of the ring, got out there, punched her, and threw her back in the ring. <laughs> and I was like, you didn't need to do that. But, you know, I mean, why not? You know, she she, she does what she does. And she, she did that with Suzuka Minami one time, too. Where she threw her out of the ring and she just grabbed her and she just like carried her around the ring and then threw her back in the ring and I'm just like you didn't you didn't really you didn't have to do you do you Kong <laughs> like you know like just like those little obviously she's absolutely amazing but it's just one of those little things that she's done a couple times that just I find super funny especially here when it's 20 minutes into a highly intense match she just throws her out of the ring gets out there like hits her with a chair once and then just like okay we're going back in. And I was just like, I mean, sh- sure, why not? Like, I mean, you could have just taken a bin, but, you know, you do you, Aja. You do you. Um, and then at one point, one of my favorite spots and one of the crowd's favorite spots is when Aja Kong does a does a tope, right? And she's been doing a few of those now in, in 1991. She did a hokuto. And, man, the crowd starts eating it up when she goes to the top rope. They go fucking berserk. And she jumps, and it is amazing. She crushes a th- great stuff. Um, really, it, it really just started going apeshit at this match. Did Did you feel the same way about how intense and awesome and fun and this third fall was? Yeah, I mean, I just like there was points of this where I was like, "Is this going to be like the best tag match I've ever seen?" Um, and it fell below that level, obviously. But like, my God, like when Kong dived to the outside, I was losing it. Um, and then when, you know, Toyota and Moreno were just pulling out even more incredible shit and Kimura and Kong were just basing so well for them that it all flowed really, really well. And the crowd was super into at least like three of the four of them. Like the crowd would just lose their shit for Kong, um, but they would also cheer for Toyota quite a lot, which, you know, again, having somebody who is so over and uh, the crowd is super into really helps these matches. Um, but yeah, like the third fall was just insanity from start to finish. Um, and both teams could have won it at any point. And, you know, it just, it really, the second fall ramped things up. Then the third one really took things home because they kept that intensity and just the, the passion for the entire third fall and, uh, you know, kept the crowd on, on the edge of their seats. And it was just fantastic. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And like we said earlier, the near falls, absolutely incredible. We both knew that Jungle Jack doesn't lose this match match like we we both know that because they don't lose the titles for a minute um so we both know that we knew what was going to happen but i genuinely was like holy shit when minami toyota like oh got a near fall on ajakong like it was insane how much this really made me you know it really made me invested i say the last match i was invested in the beginning and it sort of fell below my expectations this one it physically made me invest into the match way more than I was expecting to. I expected it to be great, 
it was absolutely amazing. Um, I loved it. After 25 minutes, which for me and Alex is a very long time for a match, 25 minutes is a bit much, and it didn't feel like it was. Uh, after 25 minutes, Aja Kong ended up hitting a brutal powerbomb from the top rope, or second rope, whatever, um, and Ami Toyota, and she retained the 3WA belts for Jungle Jack. Great match. Great match. I say it every episode, but I feel like this has to be a match. Of the- um, if it's not, then I don't know what the fuck is. Like, this was so good. Really enjoyed it. I love a good tag match, and I think Jungle Jack really brought it here. They meshed perfectly with their with their babyface counterparts, and overall... I just loved it. Do you do you have any remarks on it? Um. Yeah, I I loved the the post match <laughs> where Esther Moreno was like, it was a two, it was two, and I was like, honey, you're 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 bleeding. Like you just they beat the shit out of you. Like leave it be. Um. And yeah, like Moreno is ready to kill somebody, and uh, I appreciate that. I always like when wrestlers are like, I didn't lose. What the what you mean? I'm gonna kill somebody. It's it's great. Um, it's also it really. It's also really funny because Mama Toyota was dead after that powerbomb. Like there yes. was no chance that was a th- that was a two. Like there is zero chance that that was a two. And she's like, Nah, that was a two. Come on, guys, that was a two. But go on, sorry. Um, yeah, no, it really felt like a, an, a you know a f- fitting kind of post match for such a a contest. Because I mean, for both of them to just shake hands and walk away, or for them to just let. Well, Jack talk shit wouldn't have felt right, but I mean, Moreno and Toyota just getting super angry and being like, "I will kill you," just felt right for for after such a heated contest. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And like you said earlier, I think this is probably one of those ultimate Manama Toyota matches. Um, and I will say right now, she was always a far better tag wrestler than she was a singles wrestler, and this mm-hmm. was one of those examples. Um, eventually, she ends up getting real serious as a tag wrestler with Toshi Yamada, as everybody knows. Um, and those were probably her other, you said, you know, it's probably one of the top three Minami Toyota matches. Those were probably the other four or five top five, you know, Minami Toyota was alongside Toshi So Minami Toyota, great tag wrestler. Um, we might give her shit for sometimes, but her tag stuff, absolutely undeniably great. And yeah, I implore anybody who is listening to go out of their way to try to find this. I know it was sort of in the ass for us to find it um but you know watching great wrestling takes some or you could just text us and but that's um (laughs) and then the main event the main event of the of the evening i actually just watched this like you know 20 minutes before we start recording was 3wa world championship match before um, before before we get into this um i think it's 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 a good thing to note that uh it seems Toyota's current arc is that she's on the quest for the the three way tag belts. Um, obviously, uh, at Wrestle Marine Piad, they teamed her up with uh, with Kyoko to to challenge Marine Wolves, and she she was unsuccessful. And here they challenged they uh, paired her up with Esther Moreno, and she was unsuccessful. So, um, you know, Toyota's elevation into that scene continues, and she is still on a quest for the belts. I assume her end goal is that she wants to team with Yamada to fight for them, but uh, I genuinely can't remember what happens next with the belts, so I don't know if she ever gets that, but uh, I think it's something to keep a tab on, maybe as her seeming quest to, to win these 3 d tag belts. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely correct. I remember that match being really good, in my opinion, too. I remember I really loved that one. So I think Manama Toyota, great tag wrestler. Um, absolutely legendary scene. And you'd think I would like her a bit more, given that I am such a big tag guy. 
So um, she's, I'm really coming around to her. To be, I'm really coming around to her absolutely amazing tag team. I'm excited for when her and Yamada really start to ramp up in the tag team scene for WWAC. Exact. Um, but that is for another episode. It is now current is the 3WA World Championship match. Bon Nakano versus Monster. Alex, I have been teasing this match this entire episode because I thought it was great. I absolutely loved it. I think everybody can tell that. I'll get into it a little bit more. But first, let me hear your thoughts. Um, yeah, I mean, look, it's a Bull Nakano main event. There, there is a very high floor. And uh, having her as such a big star clash with another big star, it just felt like such a big match. And, uh, you know, they they went to war. And it's just one of those matches that it it is it's so it's <laughs> it's it's beyond words. Um, yeah. it's the kind of match that you just don't see anymore. Two gargantuan stars, uh, just big, mean, powerful fuckers, just going to war, and the crowd is just super into it. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's the it's the kind of match that you really don't see much of anymore. Um, but it's so enjoyable in so many ways. Like just seeing them merc one another and seeing Nakano try her best to uh, to lift Ripper and to to really get on Ripper's level was an interesting break from the usual Bull Nakano match. Um, and you know they they delivered just an absolute war that uh, you know really helped to get Nakano over a little bit more because obviously she you know beat. Uh, a real legend of the company, you know? Yes, and the great words, paraphrased words, of Big E Langston, it was too... I, the, I can't say that. That's, it's going <laughs> to sound offensive. It's going to sound mean when I'm talking about two women, but two big women slapping meat and, you know, just fucking going at each other. It's not a 30-minute classic. It's not a five-star match. It's just two people beating the shit out of each other. And it was so fun. And it was so good. Two wonderful, wonderful wrestlers. And um, I, I feel like I feel like everybody knows Bonacano's great, right? Everybody knows that, and everybody it's it's sort of just like well known that it's like oh yeah, Bonacano's great, Bonacano's great. But I don't think that I ever necessarily had that feeling until well I had it, but never had that feeling as much as everybody else until I went back and watched these. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm going. We're going through her entire title reign. We the first episode almost a year ago was her first match. For, like was her, her her first win of the WWA championship and we're going through each of her defenses and we're just seeing how incredible she is at wrestling any type of person and I think that's what a good champion a good champion needs they need a bunch of different styles to you know try to challenge her and they need to overcome that while also making that style look credible right and I think she does that better than almost any other champion I've ever seen it she is so great and I feel like people say that she's great people will be like oh yeah she's a legend people will be her her look is cool but like when you just sit down and watch some of these matches you really realize that it's like she was one built amazingly the way that she that they pushed her and the way that she you know she was presented absolutely amazing and the way that she carried herself and the way that she wrestled absolutely amazing too overall just so great I know everybody talks about how amazing Bonacano is, but I feel like I just need like the hype is real, guys. The hype is absolutely fucking. Um, 
Maybe I'm gushing a bit too much, but she's anything, just so fucking. It's not strong enough. I think exactly. This this one thousand day run as three WA champion is one of the most amazing title runs that I can recall seeing in my twenty years of being a wrestling fan. Um, like it's just her aura when her music hits. It just the the entire mood in the room changes. Like it's it's unlike anything I've seen. And then her matches are they deliver. And the crowd reactions are always there. Like, it's just the perfect reign. Like, I, there's absolutely nobody that I've ever seen do better. Because, I mean, just from the moment her music hits, that's it. You're just enraptured. Like, you cannot take your eyes off the screen. Because her, her theme is perfect. The way she just walks to the ring. Her gear is perfect. Everything. And then she gets in there and delivers these incredible matches. And gets these really great crowd reactions. And feels like the biggest star you know, it's just it's incredible, and you know you can you can definitely say, oh, you know, I've I've heard great things about Nakano, and oh yeah, she's definitely a legend. But it's not until you watch this reign that it really sinks in just how legendary she was. Yeah, you're absolutely right, and that that's one thing that's like because I am very much a a contrarian in many sense of the term. I'm very much like a okay. If everybody is going so fucking insane, I have a feeling that might be a bit over. And I'm not saying that's how I felt with Bonacano. I always knew Bonacano was great, but I was always like, well, I mean, yeah, but there was also Kirhokto and there was also, you know, Yumiko Hoda and there was, but just watching her reign is like, nah, Bull's like in a whole nother field. Like saying Kirhokto is better or worse than Bull doesn't really work because Bull is a whole nother fucking end. Like she is just so different. She's on a whole nother level. Not saying that she's necessarily the greatest wrestler of all time, but she's just so widely just amazing in every way. And I don't think anybody else could have this type of reign and make it as compelling as she did, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think peak Hokuto is close. I think, you know, Dangerous Queen era Hokuto, you know, Kandori feud, and then everything leading up to her uh, winning the 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 tournament at Big Egg is one of the is one of the just the runs in general that could almost uh like be on this level because Hokuto at that point was just like a god to the to the crowd and was delivering great matches. Um, so I think Hokuto is the only one that I would consider to even be close to this level. Uh, outside of obviously like Nagayo, um, you know at, at her peak, but uh, I can definitely see where you're coming from, like Bull. It's just on a whole nother level to almost anybody that you'll ever see in in Joshi. Like even Azra Kong at her best, I don't think could could be this. You know, space is the place, and Bull Nakano is light years ahead of every other wrestler that's ever. Let's let's be clear about this, <laughs> this match. This match, I know we have gushed about Bull Nakano. We've gushed about this match. Overall, this match was just a fuck fest. It was literally just a train wreck of action, and both women were bleeding by like a minute in, and it was so intense, and it was so fun, and it was so great. I cannot put into words how fun it was and how enjoyable this war of a match was. I suggest anybody who can find it go out of their way to watch it. Um, I know we are going to get to watch a few more of the matches, or at least one more of those matches at WrestleMania Piet. So I'm happy this match isn't the last that they ever see of each other and that we will get to see some more because this was a phenomenal match. It ended with Bonacano hitting the flipping guillotine from the top rope on Monster Ripper and getting a clean three count, which I was sort of shocked about. I would have thought Monster Ripper would have gotten her heat back with a late 
like kick out or something she just laid mm-hmm. down um for the full three which i i wasn't expecting because i felt like oh monster is probably gonna you know doesn't want to be pinned full you know one two three but at the same time it's bull nakano you know bull nakano so it, it's it's a bit of it's a bit of like a a shock but i'm i'm very happy that it happened and i'm very happy that we'll get to see some more of this at a later date yeah and um I feel like I appreciate that they did a different match with Nakano because obviously they didn't just have her either the dominant badass who beats the shit out of her opponent because that just wouldn't have fit the 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 match. Instead, they had Ripper really play the dominant heel, and it worked so well because I mean the crowd was just losing their shit for Nakano's comebacks. Like uh, there was one point where Nakano like failed to to lift Ripper up for a backdrop driver. And she just like screamed and started smacking Monster Ripper, and the crowd just lost it. And uh, you know they built really well to Nakano finally lifting Monster Ripper to where it got such you know it got a really big pop. And then the pinfall then at the end, the Nakano you know hit the the senton leg drop, and the crowd went wild. You know it was one of those matches where you really got to see just how over Bull Nakano was because there's maybe like one person on the whole show who the crowd was as into as her because they were just losing it for her comebacks. And I, you know, I appreciate that they went that road and let her play a bit of a different role in this match. And Ripper did her job really well of getting the crowd behind Nakano um, and also just delivering when, you know, I, I, I think she was visibly gassed at some points, but she just, she kept going and she got her way through it, which is, you know, a credit to her. Um, And yeah, she, you know, put Nakano over really well and, made Nakano look like a really big baby face, which is uh, kind of what they had Nakano presented as at the time. Yeah, I feel like this was a meeting of two of the... two people who were the best at what they did. With Bo Nakano, she's amazing at being the, you know, dominant heel badass, but at the same time, she's also one of the most... Like, she's very good at garnering sympathy from the crowd. She's very good at, you know, making you buy into her as into her comebacks into her you know movements she's very good at that and monster ripper absolutely incredible at being that gaijin heel who is just beating the shit out of somebody and beating the shit out of the crowd's favorite wrestlers and doing it without any care in the world such a good match can't say it enough i loved it alex loved it everybody loves it monster ripper excited to see her throughout the rest of the year and i am very excited what do you think was the best match on this card because it's hard. It's it's a hard choice. A lot of them, like the, the, the two top matches especially, were very, very great. But I don't know. I think, personally, I think my favorite was the 3WA tag time. But it, it's kind of hard to compare that one to the main event. What I mean. Um. Yeah, mine is also the, the 3WA tag title match. Like, just from a pure match standpoint it was incredible um it was such fluid work and such entertaining such an entertaining match the likes of which that you almost don't see that much anymore and it was just like as i said uh there was points at it where i I thought this might be like one of the best tag matches i've ever seen um it didn't hit that level uh of course but i mean it was definitely up there and yeah i think as good as the main event was and as good as some of the other matches were, I think the the tag title match just blew it away. 
Um, thanks to, you know, Moreno, I think, who was just on her game and doing some incredible stuff. Um, and she really took that match to a to a whole new level. So to me that one's the that one's my match of the night and probably my match of the year so far for ninety one. Yeah, Astorino really was firing on all cylinders in that you can't you cannot deny that in any way, shape or I think that that match probably was up is up in the running for best match of the year. So I do think that goes in as the night as well. Um, only comment versus Monster Ripper was a spectacle for sure. And it's like, you can never take that away from it. But if you, if you want to watch like a amazing tag team match, a clinic, as they say, I would say, watch that semi minute. So good. Absolutely incredible. Aja Kong and Bezakamura absolutely based the fuck. I don't they're 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 based and they also were yeah. really good at basing for the baby faces. Great match, great match, great show, honestly. I really enjoyed this one. I know the Oda Award show the week or the year before was not great. Um I remember getting very, very annoyed by it. A certain particular. But I think this match and the show really outshined that one and really did incredibly at just keeping me invested for three hours you know what i mean i'm, I'm always when i see a, a label that says three hours i get oh boy it's gonna be a long this is gonna be a lot to to sit through and it didn't feel like that obviously i cut it up into chunks and i didn't watch it all in sitting but i i really just enjoyed basically everything that i watched even the low points were pretty high given you know relative to you know modern day stuff even or relative to other shows at this point. It it, it really was a, a top to bottom great show. I'm really, really happy that we watched it. I'm really, really happy that we got to watch the entirety of it. I'm really, really happy that you guys listened to us talk about it, even though there were many issues. I know my microphone, it's new, and it's issues that I'm going to have to sort out. I know Alex is kind of a douchebag. I was joking. That was mean. Jesus Christ, I'm an asshole. <laughs> Like that was that was way meaner than I like I don't know what I was going for there I was just rambling. This is very out of left field. I was like, yeah, okay, all right. Well, well, because because I fucked something up, I had to come up with something for you, and I was like, well, he doesn't really do anything wrong, so I just I'll do a douchebag. Yes, professional, you know. What can I say? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck yourself. Um, but yeah, great, great, great show. I really enjoyed talking with with you, Alex, about it. And next month, um. I believe we have another full-length show, if we can find it. Maybe. I forget. Oh, lovely. I believe so. But more importantly than that, our one-year anniversary of Victory Through Guts. May. Way. So that's pretty fucking wild. We've been doing this for a year now. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's a long time. But I'm, I'm, I've been happy to do it. I've been happy to do it with you, the, the greatest partner I can ask for, even though I call you a douchebag. <laughs> but yeah, do you have any closing remarks for the for the people at home? Um, yeah, I mean, as Dylan said, you can try and find the show if you want, or you can and hit one of us up, and we'll be happy to send it to you. Um, it was a great show, and I hope you do get to check it out. And I'm excited for for the next one because um, I believe I know what the last one, what the next episode is now. I remember, isn't it the the Corkin with with Kong versus Toyota? Oh damn! Potentially I, I... Yamada versus Hota. Hopefully, hopefully they have another single. I really want to see that because that's, as you guys know, those are two of our favorite wrestlers. Period. And 
you know, them against each other is probably really, really fun. So if you are right and if you aren't lying, then next month is going to be hell of a month, one of hell of a show for us to review. Hope that you guys join us once again. But before we get to that, do you know what they have to do, Alex? What? Tell them. They have to tell their mom, tell their dad, sister, tell their brother, tell their doggy, tell their doggy's friend, tell their doggy's friend's owner, you know, Ted, across the street. Tell tell Ted's girlfriend who is pregnant, tell her tell her fetus and the baby in in, in the belly. Tell everybody you fucking know. The Victory Through Guts, the best, best podcast. E show.